pack your bags, start the car, and get on the road. It's time to go across the country two minutes at a time for the biggest stories of the day where they're happening. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Indianapolis, Indiana. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Cleveland, Ohio. Austin, Mass. Miami, Florida. It's the two-minute drill on the program. Second half of the program begins right now. We're going across the country talking to the people, covering the stories where they're happening. It's brought to you by our friends at Twin Peaks. They got you covered for the big game. If you're looking for a setup that includes televisions, literally any direction you look, Look, how about 29-degree man-sized draft beers, premium cocktails served over ice balls, and a completely 100% made-from-scratch menu with great burgers, sandwiches, salads, sides, and, of course, the fried pickle appetizer. Then you're talking about Twin Peaks. Go check it out. The uh, wonderful Twin Peaks locations in Independence, Oleta, and in the Northland are ready to serve you and all your comrades uh, for a great, great seat to watch the uh, biggest game of the year as the Chiefs go for back-to-back championships. Don't miss out. Get up there early. First 100 fans get a free square, and every fan walks away with a free fried pickles bounce back. So uh, take advantage of it. Uh, it is at Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Uh, let's get things started. On the drill, we begin in D.C. Linnell Willingham is there. Linnell, how are you, sir? I'm good. What's going on, guys? How are you? Uh, we're good. We're good. Dan Quinn as the uh, head coach. That registers as a what on a scale of 1 to 10? Well, for me, it registers as a home run for the Washington Commanders. And I'll say this about this hiring cycle for Washington. I think the most important hire already happened when they hired Adam Peters to be the next general manager. It's been a long time since this organization has had ownership, the general manager, and the head coach all on the same page. Dan Quinn was introduced to the media today. He's got a lot of big-time decisions to make, uh, including how he's going to continue to fill out the staff. It was announced over the weekend that Cliff Kingsbury, former Cardinals head coach, is going to be the offensive coordinator. And then Joe Witt Jr., the former uh, secondary coach for the Cowboys, is going to come over and be the D.C. So a lot of things moving uh, here in D.C. How is Cliff Kingsbury being greeted as the O.C.? I'm actually excited by it. I think a lot of people are scared off by his time as the head coach with the Arizona Cardinals and the relationship that eventually soured between him and Kyler Murray. But if you look at, you know, where he's been, he's had, you know, a, a propensity to be able to develop young quarterbacks. He's worked with some of the best young quarterbacks in the game. Talking about Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Caleb Williams, uh, who's expected to be the number one pick in this draft coming up. So I'm excited about this team there. I think you know, the one thing that he's got to do and that people talk about with his offense is, you know, increase the time of possession and not leave your defense out to drive. But with a defensive-minded head coach like Dan Quinn, it really feels like Clint Kingsbury is going to be pushing all the buttons on the offensive side of the football. We spent several years here asking Eric Bieniemy about getting a head coaching job, why he wasn't getting a head coaching job. Did he want a head coaching job? He always said he did, but he was focused on the job here. I'm curious, you only got one year around him. What was your impression of Eric Bieniemy, and why do you think he's now not getting any looks, it seems, as a head coach. Yeah, I'm honestly missed by it. Uh, the one thing I say about Eric Bieniemy here in Washington, he was the same person every day. He demanded the most uh, out of the coaching staff and the players. There was obviously that story that came out uh, from ESPN at about the halfway point of the season about guys being 
upset with the amount of hours they were having to spend at the office, but I just think that shows, you know, the, the type of hard worker and leader that Eric the enemy is. Washington's an interesting place, guys. In years past, now we have new ownership, but in years past, you go to Washington, it's like a reverse car wash, right? You come in clean and you leave dirty, and that's what it seems like is happening with Eric the enemy. I don't think he should be judged based off of, you know, his ability to work with Washington's offense last year. It just wasn't very good from a talent perspective, right? Obviously, we knew going in that Sam Howell was going to be the guy, but they didn't do the things in the offseason that you would think when you're trying to develop a young quarterback. They spent the two richest draft picks on defensive backs. So it was a tough code for Eric Bianami to crack, but I think he's still got good coaching chops. Um, ben Johnson, as an outsider looking in, it seemed like that's the guy they were waiting for, and then he turned him down. Uh, there were reports that he wanted too much money. Uh, what's reality? Did they really want Ben Johnson? Did he turn them down? How did this all play out? I think from the get-go, right, Ben Johnson was one of the obvious finalists for this job, as was Dan Quinn and Mike McDonald, uh, the Ravens defensive coordinator who eventually took that Seattle job. I think the one thing that's, that's interesting about all of this, guys, is we have new ownership here, so it feels like a lot of the sources here locally, are, are it's hard to really get a grasp for what the ownership group was wanting to do. I think from the get-go, it was a lot of the media pushing Ben Johnson as the number one candidate in Washington. I don't think uh, that he was necessarily their home run guy from the get-go, but the way he handled it, I mean, I don't think we've seen anything like it outside of Josh McDaniels, I guess, in professional sports to be on the way to closing the deal potentially with Ben Johnson. And then you get to text midway uh, while you're in the air that he doesn't want to come to you. It's a pretty interesting situation, but DC fans, as I said, shouldn't be too upset because I think Dan Quinn has got the chops to turn this thing around here. All right, real quick, uh, the quarterback position. What do you think the plan will be? Uh, there's some rumblings that, you know, whatever it takes to get up to get to number one and go after Caleb Williams. What do you think the plan ends up being? Yeah, just from starting to begin to break down the tape and watch these guys, Caleb Williams seems like a can't-miss prospect to somebody that, you know, it, it's nothing too rich to go up and get a guy with this talent. But on, on the same breath, right, Chicago's probably thinking the same thing about him. They all reports seem like they're going to be the ones that take him. So now Washington is left in the situation where you go with either Jaden Daniels out of LSU or Drake May from the University of North Carolina. Quickly about May, he played in the air raid offense. Cliff Kingsbury coming over here as the new OC so maybe there's a preference, uh, but we'll see. It's a lot of time between now and April. Linnell Willingham in D.C., great stuff as always, my friend. We really appreciate it. Have yourself a great week. Hey, enjoy the offseason, guys. Not offseason for us yet. Sorry, buddy. Uh, let's go to Las Vegas, Nevada. Adam Hill, Las Vegas Review-Journal. ESPN Las Vegas. He's a big deal, people. Adam, how are you, sir? I am good, and it, it is indeed the offseason here. Yeah, it is, uh, and has been, yeah. really, for, for months, yeah. uh, frankly. Um, listen, let's start, though, with the town. Super Bowl. I, I said, look, Vegas does big events all the time. Uh, they had the F1 race that shut down part of the uh, the actual streets of Las Vegas. How big is the Super Bowl seem uh, as it's just starting to ramp up right now for you as a longtime Vegas resident? I was in a good mood, and you had to mention those two letters or the letter and number together, F1. You had to remind me of that debacle. Love it. Love it. 
Uh, I know you do. Um, yeah, look, we do big events, and, and there's nothing, you know, nothing we can't handle here in Vegas, but um, it is, I think it is going to present some logistical challenges. I mean, it is so massive on so many levels, and the, the fact is there's things going on everywhere, right? So usually the events are kind of focused in one area, and even the F1 was, you know, one part of the strip and then a little bit off of it over uh, a little bit east of that area, but this is everywhere. I mean, there's every restaurant, every club, every showroom, every hotel, every casino has something going on. Uh, so it's just going to be wild all week. It's still it's a little slow right now. Even you know, even our good friend Sir Petro isn't here yet. But uh, you know, the people are trickling in, and it's going to be massive uh, here in town this week. There's no question. I, I, I'm getting there. I'll be there. Settle down, Skippy. I'll be there. I know. Um, I know. It's it's, it's going to happen. Uh, tell me, um, the San Francisco 49ers say what the field is too hard, too soft. They don't like the practice field at UNLV. Uh, this this beautiful practice facility that Desiree Reed Francois built on her way out the door there at UNLV <laughs> before taking over as the AD at Missouri. And the 49ers dare to say it's not good enough? What's the beef there? Um, yeah, we heard that a little trickling out a little bit this morning. I have a little bit of a conspiracy theory on this that I was presenting, and um, I know I'm, I'm always about conspiracies, but to me, I think that there was a little bit of you know, jealousy is not the right word, but I think they look across and say, hey, the Chiefs get to troll the Raiders this week by being in their facility, in their locker room. Uh, why don't we get to do that, too? And I think that sounds like they were pushing to move their practices over to the Raiders facility, and I think it's only because they want to uh, be, be able to be a part of that. But um, I've been on the field at UNLV plenty. I've always found it to be very nice, but I'm not playing in a Super Bowl, and I'm not a professional athlete, so they know better than I. But it's not really the players that were complaining about it. This is kind of the, the advanced staff for the 49ers who – tested the field, the equipment guys, and said, you know, we don't like this. It's not up to our standards. So um, we'll see how it continues to develop. I think it's going to be a developing story throughout the week. But I find the facility very nice, and I find the grass to be very nice over there. I mean, I, I saw the, the, like, drone flyovers that they were showing. It looks fantastic. It looks, honestly, nicer than the Chiefs set up, for God's sake. I, it's whiny San Francisco people, I guess. I don't know. Uh, by the way, since Why we're speaking... Yeah. Oh, that's what they are. Uh, since we're speaking of UNLV, Barry Odom, pretty popular guy uh, after uh, last year at Vegas, right? How how much uh, uh, do people think they've got it right at football coach with him? Mayor Barry? Uh, yeah, there, there's... <laughs> There's nobody that thinks they got that hire wrong. That's that's the most slammed up. You, if you found somebody saying that that was not the right hire, that he's not the right guy for the job, you would be out of your mind. The only the only downside to how much success he had is that there's this overwhelming fear that he's going to leave. Even now that the coaching carousel has kind of stopped in college football, everybody's still terrified that he's going to leave and go somewhere else because he had that kind of success. Um, that was I I don't I can't think of a better hire that's been made in a long time in this city for any coach. Um, obviously, Bruce Cassidy brought the uh, the Stanley Cup here, but that was already a team that was very good. Barry Odom turned, down, turned around a program that had no success forever and made it good overnight, and now they're going to be one of the favorites to win the conference next year. He is incredible. That guy's a miracle worker. I think he's better at sleight of hand maybe than David Copperfield, because I don't know how he pulled that off. Or Shin Lin, right? Appearing nightly at the uh, Mirage. Sure. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah, uh, that's, that's what I meant to say. Thank you. Yeah. It's, I, I, I've been doing yeah. a bunch of uh, Final Four questions with shows in Vegas, and there's no lack of promotion for Shin Lin. I don't know if the show's any good, but uh, he's pretty good on America's Got Talent. I watched a couple of those with the kids. But, uh, yeah, anyway, he gets a lot of hype there. All right, to the Raiders, Cliff Kingsbury. No. 
not coming to uh, coach for the Raiders. Uh, apparently, he stiffs the Raiders, and you end up with Luke Getze. Because when I looked at the Chicago Bears for the last two years, I said to myself, whoever's coordinating that offense, i got to get that guy. And that's what the Raiders did. What's the reaction to this uh, little happening with the offensive coordinator? That felt sarcastic, sort Yeah, laid it on pretty thick, Adam. Uh, everybody's very fired up. No, Did I do that not. right? No, they're not. Yeah, with, no, the, was... with the question. Yeah, yeah. fired up. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, I, I think no matter what happens, it's a bad look for how this all played out. I don't think there's any question about that. I, it, it's tough to deny that it looks very bad. Wait, when, wait, wait. Know, the, worse, the wait, real quick, Adam, not to interrupt you, but worse look. How that played out or the not on the top of the head of the owner of the Raiders? Uh, well, I think it's getting better. Oh, is it really? Okay. All right, my bad. Yeah. My I think bad. he changed. I think he changed up uh, the stylist. So I think it's a little bit better. Okay. Um, it's a, it's a bad look, but the, the way you know, I'm I'm gonna you know, if you're when you're here on the ground somewhere and you're doing a lot of interviews all day long with different people around the uh, country and the world, I just did a Australian radio, and everybody's asked this, and I, I said the same thing. Look, it's a bad look. It's a terrible look. You don't want this, especially at the start of your regime as your Antonio Pierce, the head coach. But nobody's gonna remember if Luke Getty is actually successful. Like it's gonna be judged on how Luke Getty actually. Performs forms as an offensive coordinator. That's how it's going to be determined long long term. But for right now, no matter what happens with Luke Getty down the road, even if he's great, it looks bad for now. And then he has a chance to turn things around if he's good. Um, and I think the, the biggest fear is that the offense for the Raiders is bad and the offense for the Commanders is good. I mean, that would be that would be a disaster. 30 seconds and not a second more, Adam. What's the latest on the A Stadium? Go. Uh, this is the best way I can describe it. The A's have said they are waiting for uh, the Tropicana site to put out their design so they can put out theirs. And the Tropicana site has said we're waiting for the A's to put out their design so we can put out ours. Um, that's the best way to describe it. That's not a good scene. That's not a good look. Seems like uh, things are going swimmingly uh, with the A's, as they sure. always do. And I, I'll stick by I'll stick by my prediction that the NBA is here before Major League Baseball. Okay. All right. Uh, Adam Hill, he's the best there in Las Vegas, Nevada. Adam, appreciate it. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, sir. Mark Carmen, WGN Radio, CHGO Sports there in Chicago, Illinois, not to mention our tennis insider when needed here on the uh, program. Mark, how are you, sir? Durant, I'm excellent. I'm very excited to learn that you're touching down tomorrow here. I'm keeping your table warm. Uh, oh, you're out in Vegas? I am in Vegas. Oh, good, I, good. I am, at a, I am sitting at a table that's not mine right now, and um, I find it to be uh, lovely here, with you, but it's going to get a better when you show up, brother. Uh, is the setup there good? It's what, in the Mandalay Bay Conference area? Is that right? Very large uh, conference center. It looks like every media row you've ever been in. Okay, uh, good. So, You'll you'll feel right at home. It's a a good thing. I can't wait. All right. Good to know. Uh, Do the uh, Bulls blow it up at the trade deadline? Zach Levine was supposedly up on the blocks. What is the plan for the Bulls as the trade deadline nears? So, logically, the Bulls should blow it up. They should trade DeMar DeRozan and get whatever they can. Same thing with Alex Caruso. But it feels like the Bulls are going to move Andre Drummond for a couple of second round picks because there's interest there and maybe sit this one out again. I I don't know if the calculus has changed with Zach Levine being done for the season, but it obviously should. Well, it really it shouldn't have. They should have already been in blow up mode, but since they weren't, now this happened. You would think that they would 
accept reality. But the Bulls just want to be a playoff team, and they think it's a faster path to you know get there by not blowing up this team. Yeah, uh, it, it seems like that might be a disease that affects all of Chicago because the Bears don't seem to want to actually get better at quarterback either. What is the latest on uh, how they're viewing that number one pick and what they're going to do at quarterback? Well, so it's interesting because when you talk to any expert around the NFL, they talk about Caleb's talent and where Justin is at three years in and happened to pay him, that logically the Bears are going to draft Caleb Williams. But that's not coming you know, from the Bears. I, I think they're going to draft Caleb Williams. I think it makes sense to draft Caleb Williams. And I like Justin Fields more than you know a lot of people do. But I don't exactly know where the Bears are at. Are they still, you know, it's, they got to sit down with him, sit down with, I guess I would think his dad as well, and have the whole powwow. And there'll be a lot of questions going back and forth. And when they come out of that, I would think it's going to be all bring Caleb to Chicago, but that hasn't happened yet. So we'll have to, you know, we to wait and see. Yeah, and there's some rumblings that he doesn't want to go to Chicago. What, what, what's the word there? I don't believe that. I think Caleb is... You know, look, he's from Washington, D.C. They just they just hired his quarterback. But remember, I mean, he was with Cliff Kingsbury, thank you, for one year. So, you know, he's not his best friend for life here. But I, if he could pick it, would he go to Washington over the Bears? Probably. But, you know, the Bears roster is in better shape than the commanders right now. Plus, if Washington's got to move up to get him, that roster, you know, you're giving up draft picks. You might be giving up a premier player for, for how many people want this number one overall pick. So if I'm Caleb, I would rather come into Chicago with what they've got going on, plus the number nine overall pick, plus whatever they're going to get for Justin Fields. There's, you know, the Bears won seven games last year. They could have easily been ten. They blew three games that were near impossible to do. So I think it's a pretty good situation for him, number one overall. Yeah, um, I, that, that to me, you know, is, is a dicey situation where you start just dictating where you are or aren't willing to play. So uh, I love, uh, I'm going to love watching that uh, happen. Uh, see how that all plays out with whatever fan base he ends up in front of. Uh, Cody Bellinger still not signed. Are the Cubs still not part of the equation? I mean, it seems like they're playing poker here and, you know, Scott Boris has got his number out there and no one's meeting it and the Cubs are waiting for it to come down. Who knows how this plays out because, you know, the Cubs have had their price on players and when it gets past where they want to go, they haven't done it. But the middle of that order looks real thin without Cody Bellinger and it's been a minute since the Cubs have been in actual real contention. Plus, they haven't really, they haven't done anything else uh, in the offseason. So, I still think he'll end up in Chicago, but it, you know, as it gets longer and longer here, you got to wonder if it doesn't work out that way. All right, Mark Carmen in Chicago, Illinois. Great stuff as always, buddy. We appreciate it. Have a great week, my friend. All right, sir. We'll see you soon. I've been to Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota. Eric Nordquist, KFAN in Minneapolis, Minnesota, is next. Eric, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How have you been? Uh, doing very well. Listen, I, I, I know somebody up there in Minneapolis has got to be more pissed than me that I can't get a Timberwolves game on national TV, that I'm force-fed the Knicks and the Lakers. Now, the Celtics are at least good, but the Lakers and Warriors are crap. Uh, is anybody in Minnesota tired of the fact that they are no, first place in the Western Conference and they don't get any love nationally? 
Well, I, I, you just kind of defined our entire sports-loving complex because anytime we're not on national TV, we beg to be. And depending upon which team it is, as soon as we're in prime time, we prove to a lot of people throughout the country we shouldn't be on prime time. So uh, we're, we're loving these Timberwolves right now, though, my friend. And as good as this season's been, they, they do have some up and downs. You can still see mild maturity issues from game to game to game, good times, bad times, certainly across the board. Uh, but but the way they've jumped out, their best record uh, in 20 years, the 0-3-0-4 team that went to the Western Conference Finals, uh, Chris Finch uh, really being put into the spotlight as one of the better coaches with what he's done with this roster. Uh, it's an imperfect bunch, but as muddy as the Western Conference is, uh, battling up top with OKC for supremacy has been a blast, and Timberwolves fans are finally able to admit such uh, in public around here in Minneapolis. We're loving it. Yeah, uh, I get it. Uh, do they do anything at the uh, break or the uh, trade deadline when it comes up? Yeah, that's the, that's what we're looking really closely at right now because a couple of things they need. If, if you're you know if you're paying attention to the Wolves, you're noticing Mike Conley has missed a little bit of time in recent weeks, and and frankly, the age is showing in some respects. Old people getting tired at the end of games, and so Jordan McLaughlin has been able to kind of stem that tide a little bit, provide some help. We need more of that, so potentially some point guard help. Uh, some some bench shooting would be huge. Uh, a couple of years ago, it was Jalen Noel. We were hoping would do it. He's gone. Enter Shake Milton. The team was really excited when he came from Philly last year. And he has done absolutely almost nothing uh, to the point where you're seeing him relegated to those five, six-minute stretches with massive leads and a win already in tow. So some bench shooting, maybe some point guard help. Yeah, uh, they're fun. Anthony Edwards, worth the price of admission and not afraid to speak his mind. $40,000 fine. I assume the fans love that. Yeah, it's you know it's his money, not ours, I guess. But uh, but no, it's his his charm, his savvy from a media standpoint, and the personality that he is is uh, is just something. He he is truly a gem, and, and watching him grow, watching him take over this team, and and watching him become truly the patriarch of Timberwolves basketball, it's been it's been impressive. And, and the 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 star is is still got a lot of room to grow and a lot of room to shine. Had been a fairly quiet off season picking up uh, speed with a trade. And now, of course, signing Carlos Santana, it's all fixed now, right? The Twins are ready to rock. Listen, Carlos Santana, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, you know, they, they might have some more work uh, to do. And that's, uh, you know, I'm glad you brought that up just because you, you, you see these names and you were you were joking about you know the Timberwolves getting in prime time and, and similarly for the Twins, you have them win that that opening series against the Blue Jays and they looked game in that Houston series although you know in the end the better team certainly won, but but then you see the the, the cuts you see the the names going out the door where we're we're having TV broadcast contract related issues and this has been a team historically in the Minnesota Twins that uh, they will they will cut. Corners Corners where they need to, they're going to try and find value. Uh, they're going to elevate. They just traded uh, Orhe Polanco for some prospects. It's kind of the get worse today to hopefully be better in three months approach. Uh, Salvi and Levine, the, uh, the the brain trust of this thing, they did such an incredible job last year. But uh, we're we're going to remain skeptical in terms of how this thing gets put together and. 
cautiously optimistic that uh, they can find themselves back in, in contending competition in 2024. Yeah, uh, we'll see. By, by the way, uh, the Royals made a bunch of free agent moves, and they signed Bobby Wood Jr. Day. Uh, anybody up there in Minneapolis quaking in their boots about the Royals coming up? Well, I, I wouldn't necessarily say uh, you know the, that they're quaking in their boots about the Royals in general, although... Yon Duran up here, uh, he's throwing 104 miles an hour, and Bobby Witt Jr. is putting it 400 feet in the seats, it feels like, when we were facing the Royals a couple of times this year. So, uh, there's, you know, it's long season, long games. It's fun to watch the Royals. It's fun to watch the Twins. We uh, we had to watch them do their their World Series run, and, and we're all jealous about it up here. Well, friendly people up there in the Twin Cities. How about Eric right there? It could have been so easy to be like, no, they were god-awful. Like, wake me in three more off-seasons. And look at you. <laughs> You, you couldn't be a kinder person. And so why doesn't Kirk Cousins, uh, why isn't he already inked and wanting to stay with the Vikings? And he's talking about, well, this, this might take a while for him to figure out uh, what he's going to do. Is he liked, disliked, loved? What, what, what's, what's the relationship and how does it work out with Cousins and the Vikings? It's, it's as polarizing as ever. And you know what? Kirk's kind. And he would fit in right up here with me and our mild salsa and our tater tot hot steak. No <laughs> doubt about it. But the, the the money situation is interesting. He's never, you know, he, he said it early in the offseason. He said, you know, for me, it's not as much about the dollars. It's about, it's about what the dollars represent. And and that's a, that's a nice quote if you're a Vikings fan hoping for some for, uh, sort of discount. Peter King's come out. And, and several others and really if you know the market's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood the numbers aren't wrong you know two years 90 million dollars and all of that's going to be guaranteed and I think I, I don't think that the Vikings are against re-signing them I just don't think that they can feasibly do the two and 90 uh, without potentially sacrificing Daniel Hunter who needs to be re-signed and Justin Jefferson uh, Justin Jefferson's all smiles but that contract's sitting out there he's entering his fifth year we got him on the fifth year option but but this is this is very tenuous, and in the end, the closer that it gets to free agency, uh, the less likely it is, I believe, uh, that he will be returning. So, uh, Kirk is it's very polarized up here. Uh, more people love him, but but there's no there's no just uh, in the middle with Kirk. You're either so glad that he's here, stabilizing the position after nearly 20 years, Sands of Brett Favre miracle season in '09. Uh, you're either on board with Kirk or you're just tired of him and you want him to go. So I, at this stage, i, I got to be honest, flip a coin, and three out of four times for me it's come up that he's probably not going to be back. Eric Norquist, Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, home of the Juicy Lucy. Uh, great stuff as always, my friend. We appreciate it. Uh, have yourself a great week. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Take care. All right, the good sense. Good End tune. The, hour. the cranberries or the other cranberries? Uh, You've gotten it right before. God bless. The song is Maps. The album is Fever to Tell. The lead singer Karen O. Let me let me let me chew on it for a second. Anyway, Kay, you were saying the Pixies. Uh, nope. No, oh, damn it. Pixies have a male lead singer. Uh, keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the 49ers tackle. It's the good sense end of the hour answer, by the way. 49ers tackle Trent Williams, fourth player to be named to 11 Pro Bowls before playing in his first Super Bowl. I asked for any of the other three. You're still not going to. Susie around. and the Banshees? No. Nope. He already gave you the answer. Uh, what was I, it? I kind of just kind of blew past it. What was it? 
I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Said, yeah that's right. Damn it. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Uh, that was too subtle. <laughs> I didn't pick that up on it. That was the point. I was always like, uh, So you're babbling about Trent mm-hmm. Williams over there? Yeah. Fourth player to be named to 11 Pro Bowls before playing in his first Super Bowl. He was named to his 11th a couple weeks ago to play in his first Super Bowl Sunday. As for any of the other three, be named to 11 Pro Bowls. Merlin Olsen? Mm-mm. Of players who have actually played in a Super Bowl before okay. be, before playing in their first Super Bowl, so then they then yeah. they did go yeah. and play. Yeah, all, all, all three of them have done so, but not before. Uh, Harry them. Carson. Mm-mm. We have a corner, a tackle, and a defensive end. A corner, a tack. Anthony Munoz. Mm-mm. Corner, tackle, and D end. One, the corner played in Fred this Dean? division. The Chiefs division for much of his career. Fred Dean? Nope. Willie Brown? Nope. The tackle played in, once he got there, he stayed there. He played yeah. four straight. Played the entire, his entire career for one team, but in two cities. But he, uh, uh, Titans? Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Matthews. Bruce Matthews. Well, he was well, a he was a guard, center, and tackle. Yeah. So that was misleading. I didn't oh, know we wow. were. I didn't know oh, we were going to be. Sorry, I didn't know you know rude that, here. So I, I needed okay. to nail down his exact position for you yeah. to fish that out. Thanks for the cheap clue there. Uh, corner in this division. Give expensive silence next time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only possible response to that. So a, a corner the, who played maybe I'll slap the taste out of your mouth. A corner who played half of his Hall of Fame career in this division and half in a. I don't know if he's thought of as more of one team than and the other. He was famously traded. It was a player for player mm-hmm. trade. It wasn't for picks or anything like that. It was just this player for another player. Mike Haynes. Nope. I'm thinking of the, the, the right guy, right? Kay? Yes. His trade. Yeah. Yeah, he played. Let's see how many years. Eleven Pro Bowls as a corner. He played Charger. He started off Bronco. With, yeah, Chief. He, he, he played much Raider. more, many more seasons. Now that I look at it, he actually played ten years uh, in the AFC West after playing Woodson. Five years. I don't know. In I'm the not, NFC East. I'm, 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 I'm going to hate myself. Washington and Denver. Fisher. Nope. Corner. Washington uh, and Denver was traded for Clinton Portis. Along Champ with the Bailey. Champ Bailey. Okay. Champ Bailey was in 12. And the other, the third one, is Reggie White. Oh, I, duh. <laughs> wow, that was a terrible <laughs> performance by me. Good Lord, that was god-awful. I mean, I think it's just because you screwed it up at the beginning could with that be. offensive tackle that thing. That could be. I don't feel like taking the blame for this one. Eh, uh, good sense. Get you some good mm. sense on your way home. Good no, sense. No blame there. Nope. Nope, just uh, good food that makes good sense, people. Uh, You can even check out the low-carb option. That's right. If you are uh, on a a mission to drop some pounds and you're going low-carb or uh, keto, they've got their uh, wonderful meatball sides, their uh, famous signature meatballs and marinara sauce topped with Parmesan cheese, all for only 5 bucks. Uh, You can make it extra cheesy with the addition of provolone. Wonderful, uh, high-protein, low-carb option at Good Sense. Good food that makes good sense. Uh, our thanks to the uh, folks on the two-minute drill for joining us. How about the um, the salty nature 
of uh, Eric Nordquist from uh, Minneapolis. <laughs> it just could have been, oh, yeah, the Royals. We didn't like watching you guys win a World Series. Like, and I was like, no, we're not worried about the Royals. For God's sake, you guys lost 200 games. Like, what do you know? He just went, Psh. just like, um, whatever. Do you think he liked the Juicy Lucy comment? I don't know. I mean, I will how many people this. know what a juicy Lucy is? I'm sure a lot of people. The kid didn't know. Did you know? No, not until I, I had to Google it. Google it. Uh, it. It's just a burger where they put the cheese in the middle, and they're Which at is every a concept I know of, but I've never heard. The yeah, they're at before. every Minneapolis restaurant. Every Minneapolis restaurant has a juicy Lucy. There's a couple spots around here you can find it. Um, I don't quite get it. <laughs> What does it do? Well, the cheese is in the middle. Oh, so it becomes like. Oh no, it's still it's, cheese. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't. I, I never. It's I was like. Why are we going to all this effort? Of, yeah, cheeseburger version of cordon bleu. I don't know. But it's just American cheese in the middle yeah. of the burger. Yeah, and you, you seal slap off. it on top and let's move our ass. You seal I've been it sitting off here for twenty minutes while you hand knead a yeah. hamburger patty around a couple of slices of cheese. How about slap that bad boy on the grill, throw it on top, and let's go. Right. <laughs> as far as arbitrary uh, regional delicacies, I'm a big fan of the Primanti Brothers sandwiches there at. Uh, uh, Not in Pittsburgh. Minneapolis. In Pittsburgh, I know. We're just coming up with random foods we like. Well, I said. Well, speaking of regional, I, I'm I a said, big fan of pizza there in of, Italy. In, uh, speaking of arbitrary regional dishes, is what I prefaced it with. So, yeah. But you know, I mean, I'm, we are speaking of regional dishes. <laughs> you see, so, you see, shame on me, like an idiot, I brought one up. <laughs> He gave you a bad clue, is what it was. Yeah. Uh, no, but like, is Minneapolis known for any anything else? I just typed in food Minneapolis is known for, and the first one is a juicy tater tot hot dish. Yeah. That, they, they, the tater- he said that tater tot hot dish. He said that. I thought he, I was like, do you say tater tot hot dish or are tater tot hot takes? No. Like, like their hot takes are just kind of no, tater tot. Yeah, which I don't know, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I, I, I mean, I like tater tots. What they call, for whatever reason up there, a hot dish is what we would call a casserole. Yeah. Okay. So you you know well the, the what you throw one you looks, throw one together and you got a funeral potluck coming Listen, up. You start with tater tots, and then I yes. assume you add some cheese. Winner. Well, strong start. Mm-hmm. They should promote that more. If you really want to get crazy, you uh, mix some taco seasoning with ground beef and put it in that tater tot. You know what's underrated in this world? Casseroles. Yep. What happened to them? I'm telling you, they used to be everywhere. Do you get them anywhere now besides a funeral potluck? No. (laughs) (laughs) Someone died. Sweet. Casserole Casseroles. time. Here they come. My wife makes it, makes like, but it seems like it's only at the holidays. Yeah. All right. We're already packing on the pounds with all the (laughs) holiday food. Let's throw a casserole in there, too. The rest of the time, she's like really creative with all these healthy dishes, and then I just have seven helpings of it, and it it kind of defeats the point. But then come Christmas time, oh, look! Casseroles. Oh, my God. Once a week is a tuna casserole. Oh, so So good. So wonderful. You walk in the house, ah, tuna casserole. Uh, they mark cheese curds, which they stole that from Wisconsin. That's Wisconsin's right? yeah. gig. Who stole that from Canada? So. Yeah, Canada. Really, Canada? I mean, Canada's big on. I mean, Canada's the home of poutine, which is the best dish involving cheese curds ever. Okay. And plus, you can get uh, cheese curds in Canada that are illegal in the United States because I believe they are not 
pasteurized something about them. Really? Yeah, there's some illegal about, cheese. The health, the health nuts don't let you have them here in the U.S. Who knew? They're not pasteurized or something along those lines. Okay. Well, there you have it. Uh, they're also known for their pho, P H O, which is the soup Vietnamese. Oh, that's pho. Pho is it pho? Pho. I have a friend who calls it pho. I know it's not pho. Is it pho? Okay. I've always heard it's pho. Wait, where, where is this? It's a Vietnamese yeah. dish. I don't know yeah, why. Then how is it? I don't a, know why. They, they have a they have a large Hmong and Vietnamese community in Minneapolis. So really? it's one of the hot spots according to this Meet Minneapolis website, Minneapolis dot org. That's like that's like that's like claiming the pho. taco because you got a Taco Bell. Like, no. No, but it does mean that they might, if there's a, a high population who enjoy this type of food, well, you might I'm, crank up the, the, the quality of it. I but believe if you're Business Insider did fun, note, you might want to go there and get it. Did note KCK is one of the best places in America to get a taco, so. Really? Yes, because of a large, we have a very large uh, uh, Hispanic population in this in this area. You get down on the boulevard, oh my they're gosh. making you a yeah. taco, and they're good. Best Mexican restaurant in Kansas City for years was right there on the corner. Way yeah. down, way down then. The, um, man, well, indigenous, like, nobody rocks it like barbecue in Kansas City. Duh. You know? Yes. Like, nobody. And in very few cities, even people that I know from, from cities that claim it, you get them off the air. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Like anyone from St. Louis, no, forget it, or Memphis, or yeah, some people from Texas might throw up some. But anyone who's who's from anywhere else, they come here and they go, oh, I get it now. I yeah. get it now. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see if they get it. Um, but, yeah, how 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 sad would it be to be sitting here, well, are we going to get 36, 7-year-old Kirk Cousins back to run the operation? <laughs> like, if you need a moment to just recognize how good we got it, we opened the show today saying, mm-hmm. it's been a better week than, you know, Chiefs going for their back-to-back Super Bowl wins, third and four years, and or third and five years, and the Royals inking Bobby Wood Jr. Yeah, and, and not sitting around waiting on Kirk Cousins. <sighs> To decide whether or not he's going to grace your team with a cap-killing yeah. contract. I mean, if, if if that's your guy and he's not terribly expensive, I mean, Kirk Cousins can serve as a quarterback, can certainly serve a purpose, but that's to be in that situation where you're reliant upon him and he's crushing you in the cap. That I, I can't think of a, many worse places to be. I'd almost rather not have a quarterback than be in handcuffed to a guy who's just pedestrian and is costing you a lot of money. The, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think that's, like, just makes me thankful. Yeah. Makes me very thankful. You know, that, that we're not having to sit and goof around with all that crap. The Vikings not going to challenge for a few years. And then Barry Odom, mayor of Las Vegas, Nevada. Not good enough for your Missouri Tigers, Curtis. But can own yeah. one of the great international cities, Las Vegas, Nevada. If, if this had happened a year ago, I'd be like, really? I think the, la- the last year has is, is highlighted the uh, the wisdom of the change. Yes, but um, but good for Barry was, Odom. Absolutely, he was never a bad coach. He was. A competitive coach. He was a, a very a great player in the in the history. And boy, no what a great interview too, huh? <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> my buddy Cofield they gets to interview him coming off the field uh, at halftime. Oh and my goodness! Pre-game interview, and because he, he does the UNLV sidelines and pre-game stuff imagine. and everything, like. Can you imagine? Like, that is like misery meets misery. <laughs> That's exactly. Just like, two dueling sour a-holes just squaring off. The Richard Belzer of Sports Talk Radio. Yeah, great. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's super. <laughs> like, Barry Oda probably opens up because he's like, man, you are just, you're not fun. And Barry Odom probably blossoms like a flower. Did you ever watch? Uh, like I got to carry this a, sorry sad sack. I'm sour off. And he starts telling jokes and being witty and funny. And he was always so serious oh, and God. stark when he was the Mizzou coach. Did you ever watch Parks and Rec? But not really. So, but you know the character Ron mm-hmm. Swanson, very you know make it on your own. Well, there's an episode where he gets strep throat, and one of the one of his coworkers forces him to go see the doctor, and she goes, uh, "Your doctor's a rude brass jerk. You're gonna love him." And then <laughs> they show the brief checkup scene, and he writes him a penicillin prescription, and then he he leaves, and the doctor goes, I "Wish all patients were like that. It's really annoying when they ask questions." <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Uh, 913-3810-810. If you just got in your car or you don't have modern technologies. Boy, um, do we have news for you. Yeah, Bobby Witt Jr., uh, he's going to be a royal for a little while. They inked him to a long, expensive extension. Uh, We'll touch on that. We'll talk some Chiefs football as well. Big media session tonight. Uh, You're listening to the program here on the home of the National Football League. Sports Radio 810 WHB. You're listening to the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB, 9133-810-810, the phone number. Uh, coming up next hour, Trent Green will be with us, uh, former Pro Bowl quarterback for your Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, how much do you think we're going to see Patrick Mahomes on TV tonight? NFL Network, are they the only ones that carry that thing tonight? I don't know. They moved it to nighttime, what, two or three years ago mm-hmm. with the uh, media asking all the questions. This is the one that you get some goof in a costume asking you know, what's your favorite planet or something, and then settles into the more civilized football conversations with the uh, media sessions at the uh, hotel. I'll look for Todd Lebo. He apparently is wearing a wig uh, tonight for the media session. Be interesting. Did you hear about that? I did not hear about that. How about that? that? That'll be fun. Good stuff. Um, Wow. You know, just (laughs) FYI. But uh, how much do you think Patrick Mahomes is going to be answering questions about his dad? I think there'll be someone one question, and that'll be it. I think that will. I think it will get asked. You think he ever gets to a point where he's like Jordan, where Jordan would just kind of look at people and must be like, no. Like, do you think, or do you think he's always going to be? He's like the nicest, friendliest, accommodating guy in interviews. Always trying to give a thoughtful answer. Do you think at some point he's going to be like, enough of this? Because Jordan not wasn't quite the way Jordan. Was yeah. but I think at some point he does get to that point. Okay. Not, it, not quite as cold as Jordan to just say. Only three times has there been a Super Bowl with no interceptions. Name any one of the matchups. Brought to you by Joe's Kansas City Barbecue. 